Welcome everyone to yet another Thursday Eye. Today is September 28th and I think we have to start with OpenAI because even last week we talked about OpenAI a lot and it seems like they're hell-bent on just like, <laughs> there were some hints about Gemini releasing soon and OpenAI feels like they went into overdrive of releases, right? So last week we've talked about DALI 3, we've talked about Instruct GPT, we've talked about some rumors about Vision and Gobi coming, and this uh, this Monday, 8 a.m. on Pacific Time, OpenAI has decided to give us what we've been waiting for every Thursday since we started doing this. Literally every Thursday, OpenAI gave us uh, GPT Vision, GPT-4V, and I think they went even farther than this. So OpenAI decided to release this thing with GPT-4 Vision, uh, which again was part of Microsoft Bing, but somehow flew under the radar. It wasn't as good. I'm I'm not sure what what was there, but for those of you who were here last week, uh, Yam talked about kind of the how should I say Yam rumored architecture behind this. <laughs> yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, and this week we actually you can we actually got it. So I, I actually don't have access yet. Uh, Yam, Mister Arthur, do you guys have access to the Vision stuff? Nope. No. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> See, we need some we need some open AI friends in the audience here on Thursday night, so we'll get some previews. So when we talk about this, we can actually. But we actually had a person who may join us from uh, Roboflow, Skalski P. Peter, and he's a friend of the pod, and he wrote this beautiful breakdown of the vision stuff, and he's a vision engineer as well. And so I will go ahead and just pin this to the top of the tweet, so you guys can see because. Vision in GPT-4 is incredible. Like it solves Sudoku. It does all these amazing things. There's this guy, McKay Wrigley, if you guys follow him, he does a bunch of stuff. He started showing GPT-4 images of designs and just asked to implement it. And he goes deep into how well it actually performs. And again, without the ability to test, it seems that exactly what we were shown in March is probably we're getting an even better result right now. We're getting something that I think they proved the OCR capabilities. I saw some people talk about that. And I'm very excited by this. They, this was released like very early on on Monday. And it seemed that OpenAI really heard the rumor from Gemini and decided to just go overdrive. Because we know they had this technology for a while. We've mentioned this multiple times. Nisten and I, or I guess Nisten called me, but he was a part of the who interviewed the CEO of Be My Eyes, which was for the longest time the only app, startup, whatever, that got access to the GPT-4 vision. And now we got all of it as well. Not only that, not only did we get, well, we didn't get, but like we, we got an announcement that many people in our vicinity got access to GPT-4. They released the model card. And here I actually wanted to to chime in, Yam, and maybe ask you if you had a chance to, to, to look at this because last week we talked about rumors. And this week we actually got some, some information. I was wondering if, if there's anything interesting there that you saw come through your timeline or through the paper. I didn't have time to, to go through it. There have been so much this yeah, week. This week so, is crazy. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. Absolutely. I just, I remember vaguely that uh, I saw many, some folks go through this model card and I think Jim Fan is the, is the, is the person worth following. And then the. The thing that's worth noting is that they're definitely showing progress since GPT-4 was released. 
back in March, released, quote-unquote, right? So they're showing progress even that they did since March. The very interesting thing is we've been talking about vision for pretty much since since GPT-4 was like around and we knew that it's vision-based, etc. And it's also coming to the API at some point, right? So maybe OpenAI has this developer conference that they've been talking about and hopefully they'll invite some of us. <laughs> Wink, quick, open the eye if you hear this. <laughs> Sam, if you're hearing this somehow, <laughs> invite us. And they're probably going to do announcements about APIs there. And this ability of GPT-4 to also see, we already see many, many examples on the web from folks like, like again, showing the, the example they release is showing a bicycle and saying, hey, what's wrong with this? Or like a leaky faucet, et cetera. And this, this ability gives a lot of people new ideas about what potentially what they can do. It's not perfect, but it's significantly better from what I saw from all of the open source ones that we've covered from week to week. Yeah, I'm going through the paper now as if anyone miss anything, it is quite as in-depth as the GPT-4 paper. Mm -hmm. You going going mostly on evaluations and, and safety issues because region has its own safety issues and you can break captures and, and do all sorts of bad things with it. Mm -hmm. So but yeah I don't I don't know if there is any in-depth information in, in the technical report as it is. And yeah, it is it is a great model. It makes sense. The uh, it makes sense that it's uh, much better than uh, what we saw. There have been uh, six months uh, more. Yeah, more than six yeah, months, more I think than... seven, seven something months, yeah. And one thing that I saw Simon Willison talk about is that a new type of jailbreak, Yam, yeah, you're completely right. Like Vision has a whole set of other problems than text mm -hmm. that we haven't yet seen the developers, but also just the people, the users to try to interact with this jailbreak, etc. There's literally like a jailbreak path now where you show it an image with some text because it reads text, but like it goes after the classifier or something like this. Listen, right, the, the, the moderation engine, it sits before the GPT-4. We've talked about this. But now you can bypass this by providing just image with, with, with text. Did you see that, Jailbreak? No, I haven't had time to look into them. Although with the, the voice model, I was it says now that it's data is based on January 2022. Mm -hmm. So this is a whole other, this is a new model. It looks like, but it, yeah, I just haven't had time to actually... Yeah, I think uh, test like red team is probably. I, I think uh, given this week, we're gonna do our best to cover just like the releases as they happen. We can't promise depths here, folks. This is like this week was incredible because together with this GPT-4 Vision release, which we, we've been waiting for a while, we GPT-4 also announced that it now can speak. And again, don't have access yet. Again, open the eye, folks. If you hear me, please please give me access. But looks like Arthur, maybe you have that part. Oh, no, not really. I just <laughs> wanted to say that I saw how some people draw interfaces or just took screenshots or designs of interfaces, fed that into ChatGPT with Vision, and it gave them code with that exact competence. And I also saw how someone told, don't make the exact copy of this design, but use I. React library for that. And it made UI that looked like this one, but with uh, another library. So it is quite fantastic what it does. 
it's unbelievable how many magic powers we're getting from OpenAI to these things. And uh, Arthur, you're completely right. Folks, if you look up on the top of the screen into the Nest or the Jumbotron, whatever it's called, there's a pin tweet from McKay Wrigley, a developer and a very prolific kind of <laughs> poster that he, he exactly does what Greg Brockman did at the presentation of GPT-4 Vision. He gives it a picture and then expects kind of components. And so it, it breaks it down to components. It's not perfect, but it's really good at overcoming the empty page kind of anxiety. Many developers who are in the audience, you probably know this, you need to start from scratch. Many of us, we don't start from scratch, especially in UI. We take a UI components library, we take some designs, we take, starting from scratch is like a, a big deal. And so even if it doesn't give you something perfect right now, first of all, this is the worst it's going to be, right? I, I saw something, somebody posted about this. I think Jan Lekun posted this and some other folks started like posting this notion of these models are the worst they're going to be ever. <laughs> like they're not going to go back, right? We're here. We're at the point where we can show this AI a design and it will implement it poorly, but you will implement it. But And by poorly, I mean incredibly impressive considering a year ago, we didn't even have ChatGPT. And so we're definitely here. And the second thing they also released on Monday OpenAI is that uh, GPT-4 can now also talk, right? So we've seen talking back AIs at us multiple times, right? It's not new, but it's new for OpenAI. So we've seen this from HeyPy from Inflection. We've seen this character AI and like all these things, Replica. And GPT-4, I think we've only seen proxies that use the API kind of build in the, the, the speaking capabilities through like 11 labs or et cetera. And uh, I don't think OpenAI uses 11 labs. I'm pretty sure they used it. Or I guess on Monday, I was pretty sure they used something of their own. And this gives like a whole new meaning to the in interaction with this model, right? Because when you can talk to it, it feels more, it feels closer. Just talking with your voice feels closer. I've been using uh, an app called Super Whisper, and I've noticed that like you can type, but you can speak. And when you speak, it's a little, you, you say things differently. And now the model can speak back at you. Yeah, I, I use Bing all day for that because I can just have it on the sidebar and uh, I can tell it to keep searching and stuff. So in, in that way, Bing, I, I think is still the best browser. Again, because the searching is better. It's a different uh, engine with uh, Bing chat. And uh, yeah, and you can talk back and forth. But yeah, this new voice model from OpenAI is is different. And I suspect it's actually quite expensive in terms of a API costs and to run Whisper Large V2 and then have the voice transformer come back. Uh, that's that's pretty compute intensive the way they're doing yeah, it. And we've seen, uh, thanks, listen, uh, we've, we've seen multiple attempts at doing like a large multi-model model that, that can understand and speak, right? We, we've seen the, now I forget the name, of course, because there's so many, the, the one from Meta, the, the latest one, it can like read, listen, translate, and also generate a, a sound. Seamless, seamless, right? Seamless MT. And we've seen those models and they talk about at that model card that when a model is multimodal and fully understands, you don't have to do all the extra things. Like you don't have to do a whisper large, you don't have to do a 11 levels or whatever. They're releasing all these things to users first, then to developers, I think to prepare folks for this new interaction model. And this, like you're saying, it's, it's much easier. Uh, the only, the only thing that's comparable to this at size is Siri or Alexa or whatever. <laughs> and all of us just like hate that. 
older wave of AI technology who loves Siri. If, if, you, if you love Siri in the audience, feel free to show me a heart. But I don't think Siri is like loved by anyone. Everybody just either doesn't use Siri or just like suffers through the usage. And now we're getting these incredible models and they can start to speak to us. They can start to see. You got to wonder like what else is left, right, Yam? What I want to say is on, on the topic of Siri is that this is exactly the rumor that we got from Apple that they are training their own language model exactly for this. Ajax, for Siri. Right? Yeah, I think. And look, the rumors are crazy. They, I don't know how much, how many of them are true. The rumors about the numbers and how much they spend on compute and, and data and, and whatnot is absolutely insane. So just on the topic of Siri and, and, it and being stupid, models yes. that run on your devices, and it's just, I think we're going to see, to see a lot. You can say a lot. We're going to see a lot. It's very in, in, interesting because, it's because Apple, so I agree with you completely. I saw some of the numbers, some of the Ajax rumors, and it doesn't make sense for Apple to be behind for so long. Like it usually makes sense for Apple. They're waiting to see if customers accept it, blah, 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 blah. Or they innovate completely, like with Vision Pro. However, they're not going to drop a model on us, right? Because Apple doesn't do that. Apple usually like has a release date and they talk about it on stage. So you think they will change their tune because of this? Maybe, maybe they're just going to go uh, with the magnet link. Oh, yeah. Time. <laughs> and, uh, now I'm to... Anyway, I just want to say Apple, Apple might not, what I think, what I thought uh, until the rumors started is, not that Apple is behind, that they simply are, are about to use a service. I can see Apple just using a service of a different company that this company is serving the model. But the rumors are flipping this whole thing. And yeah, if Apple is in the game, they're not gonna they're not gonna play lightly. Yeah. And it's probably gonna be in a release day because this is how they do it. But I don't know. The rumors are that they are going to ship it to run locally on our devices. And I think that everyone here in the audience would, would love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And we don't know, we don't know if it's true. So don't take it, uh, don't take it as it is, but, uh, we're all hoping for it is the rumors. Absolutely. Because, um, Apple is not going to stay far behind this for sure. Arthur. Yeah, I think, uh, they have, uh, they might be using their security chips on the MacBooks. So that model can be run only on Apple devices and you won't be able to just take it and launch somewhere else, I guess. Uh, when they started to... Hmm? Yep. Look. <laughs> Look. <laughs> um, I think they also know that uh, it, it, even if uh, that's going to be the case, and it's just a matter of time. I mean, I don't think that... I think they do take it into consideration if it's actually going to happen that they just release a model to run locally. First, they're going to be... What I like about this is that if it's true, it doesn't matter if it's going to be encrypted or not, they're going to be the first player to do this. Up until this point, everyone that serves AI models are doing it through just, just running on a server and... It will be interesting to see a model running locally, uh, like a large company shipping a model to run locally, powerful model. Going to be, I don't know, the, the future is interesting. That's, that's all I got to say. I will add that I just pinned a tweet from Sigil, 
a mutual friend of the pod who bought an uh, Apple Watch Ultra 2 and then ran GPT-2. Obviously, it's not optimized, but it has like a four-core neural engine on the on the watch, right? So the era of on-device inference from Apple is definitely coming. And we saw this with the new iPhones. And we also saw, we, we covered Apple's event just a little bit. And we saw during the event that you could, if you're building a game, just like graphics, you could use both the neural engine and the GPUs on there. And I saw many people was like, jump at this. It's like, oh, this can probably also be used for inference. And we've talked about how Apple already does a on-device inference for cloning your voice for accessibility settings, right? And that, that, that voice of yours is uh, on the iPhone is getting trained while you sleep. So they already put the pieces in place. They already have like training and fine-tuning on device. And I agree with you guys, we're going to see more of this. Uh, and I think everybody here will, will benefit from this. We didn't, so Apple didn't release anything this week, and we have a lot more to talk about this week. I just want to cover this last piece to come back to OpenAI. When the OpenAI decided to release OpenAI that speaks to us, I was thinking, hey, maybe they use something like 11 Labs, but no. We know for sure that OpenAI has voice cloning tech. And how do we know this? Because the same Monday, something else was released from Spotify out of all places, where Spotify announced that Spotify is going to go multilingual and existing, currently only existing podcasts, but soon probably a tool for that as well, will be translated using the speaker's voice into different languages. What does this mean? This means that Lex Friedman, if you're, if you're Hablo Español, you will be able to hear Lex Friedman speak in Spanish to you or Portuguese or whatever. And as somebody who works in translation, whose mission in life is to remove language barriers, I couldn't be happier. We've talked about HeyGen before. You've probably seen the viral videos of, I don't know, Elon Musk speak Hindi or something like this, or Lex, actually Lex Friedman. Everybody loves to translate Lex. And you've probably seen those videos float around. And so far, they haven't been from like a big, huge company. So Meta did some stuff about voice translation and cloning. But so far, big companies stayed away from voice cloning because it's a very touchy subject. I personally feel, and this is a hot take of mine, and you are welcome to debate me in the comments, and actually went on Boris's power Twitter from OpenAI, and we got into a question about whether or not this should be open source. Many big companies did this before. So if you remember Val E from Microsoft, and obviously Google can clone your voice, right? Like <laughs> It's a no-brainer. Technology exists. We've gotten so fast at this technology that it takes around three or four seconds of your voice to give a fairly realistic output. And if, if you have a lot of voice content, like Lex Friedman does, like any podcast on Spotify does, they can do a really good job at, at having you speak a different language with your voice, which I find incredible. Because it also, it, it translates, the, the, the examples that I saw, it translates the accent as well, right? And like, imagine this, I have an accent. Um, I, was, I, I was born in Ukraine, lived in Israel for 20 years. So my accent is a mixed accent. And I speak in English, and the way I speak Russian affects the way I speak in English. Imagine that, like the model is so good, it, it takes my accent and like translates this accent into a different language, but the accent is still around. So um, this world is incredible. It becomes closer and closer. Honestly, the better... I can talk about language barriers all day, but basically they shouldn't exist. And I'm very, very happy that this mission is, is global. But so far, the risks for this technology 
where somebody can call your mom and pretend to be you and ask her for money, the risk for this technology were very well depicted during uh, Terminator 2, if you guys remember the, the scene with the dog and the booth, etc. So the risk for this technology scared everybody from releasing this. And OpenAI didn't release this yet, but we know for sure they have the tech because the Spotify translation, they announced that this is a partnership with OpenAI and they're using their tech to, to voice clone and then translate to different languages. And I just thought it's incredible that like we got this on the same day. I just wanted to hear from folks here in Eastern and, and everybody here uh, on stage. What do you guys thought about the translation stuff? And are you afraid of being voice cloned as well? So the one thing to remember, because people are worried this is going to get abused. Remember that it's already illegal to commit fraud and spam calls are already illegal. So if we really care about this, let's enforce the laws that are in place already there. Because as we can see, we can't even close down spam calls, whom we know as, as numbers are. And people will make up all kinds of excuses, like it's rocket science or something, but it's not. It's, and the other thing is that if we give people easier access to automated lawyer tools, like law AIs and whatever, then it would be much easier for them to automatically protect themselves and, and protect their, their copyright too. So on that note, on a lighter note, someone was making a joke last week that like, what if a solar storm comes in and just like destroys our main language models and then nobody knows how to talk to each other because we're all using generic voice and no one will understand each other. Be like a, a very biblical model. I'm, I'm sure Yam has at least one GPU in the Faraday cage. Yam. Actually not. Everything is, some, some of them are not even in a case. Uh, I just want to say about the, the voice generation. I think it's fair to, to assume that they had it uh, for quite some time. And probably I think uh, you can safely assume they have uh, all modalities, all modalities, or at least working on. I just want to say the, the fraud and generating and abusing of this is already happening in the past couple of months uh, strongly. So the people who want to do this are already doing it. So it's not that, of course, new people are going to be exposed to this technology. So some people will get ideas, but I think that the vast majority of the people who are actually willing to go this far and clone someone's voice to, to do bad things are already doing it. It's happening. You can find many stories that these things are happening now. And I think that I think that the best the best method to to mitigate this is just to to tell people that it exists. I simply just the knowledge. I absolutely a hundred percent agree. I think especially before the upcoming election year in the United States, where this will be deployed and used by good and bad actors. And I think I've seen already some examples of this. The more widespread this is as a knowledge, the better it is for everybody to start understanding that don't trust anything you see or hear unless you verify. And I think the young need to teach the old that, hey, this technology exists. And if you have a, even if you don't speak online like we do, right? <laughs> and Yam and Mr. Arthur, I've put you in that position also. So now your voice is out there. But even if you don't have a podcast or you're not participating in spaces, if you have a voicemail and it has like five seconds of your voice, Somebody can call your voice. 
And I think it's good for everybody to just realize this and to get to the point where like, this is what we're now, this is the world that we're now existing. And I absolutely agree that it's already out there. You can do this with 11 labs. You can do this with play.ht. We talked with um, X, uh, SST last week from Kokui AI. They're also doing this, right? Maybe not to the extent that OpenAI does this, but they're doing this as well. So this technology is out there. It exists. It's better for everybody to just learn. And if I can give you one tip, and I want to add actually just real quick, but if I want to give you one tip is that with your loved ones, with your older loved ones, those who are like still can fall into some tricks like this, come up with a safe word. And then once they don't trust something, just make sure that you and them have the safe word. And I will say this one last thing, even though I said that accents actually carry through, those of us with an accent, it's, it's, it's further down the road for us to be worrying about this because accents are specifically like very specific accents. It's not yet hard to, it's not yet easy to copy them significantly because when I get cloned in 11 labs, I sound British. And I sound very posh and, and beautifully spoken, but I don't sound like this in my day-to-day -day life. And so, Mr. I don't know about you, but like, it's very clear that this is not Alex. And I've been cloned multiple times. Welcome actually to the stage. You have a comment on the voice cloning or anything else we talked about, feel free. Greetings from the JFG one. And yeah, I did. I, I saw the video of Spotify releasing that. And my immediate two thoughts were, first of all, they must have had it for a while now. And second, they have not released it because they probably haven't figured out a way to implement all the restrictions that should be in place for a model that powerful. OpenAI, we have seen by far, right? OpenAI has always created extremely powerful models in whatever they have done. And this model is going to open a lot more space for frauds or whatever in that, in that sense. And I think that is the reason OpenAI has not released it yet because they are still trying to figure out put barricades in place. They're still trying to figure out how to regulate it more, more in a better way. Unlike text models where they can just implement an NLP program before and after the prompts and response to filter out illegal stuff for that matter. It's not so easy with voice. And I think that's the reason they have, they are yet to release it to public. And that's, that's my general understanding by far. Yeah, definitely they're fearful, but I will just remind this one thing, the same concerns. The same exact concerns were brought before the world before they released, before Meta released Lama. Because if you remember Galactica, they took it down because of, oh no, it's just like one horrible thing. And since then, we've seen that nothing bad happened in the world, like it's fine. And the same exact concerns came from image models where, oh no, it's going to get used for deep fakes, etc. And that also stable diffusion, released stable diffusion a year ago, and we're fine. Not only do are we fine, it's like awesome to have these tools across. And so, okay, we're going to talk about the implementation of technology generally at some points. I will just like, maybe if you'll allow me to draw this one line in the sand in Thursday Eye. And I think as far as I know, everybody as hosts on the stage also agree with this general sentiment. Progress is good. <laughs> we should have progress. And uh, the, the folks who are trying to stop progress, we find it very silly because it's not to be stopped. And many of the announcements this week and many of the announcements for the past seven months that we did this show us that nobody can, it's really hard to stop anyway, but even that nobody can predict what's going to happen. Like nobody really predicted ChatGPT exploding as much as it did or predicted different capabilities. And so everybody who says, oh no, we're all gonna die. I invite them to take a deep breath, walk out in nature. If they think they're going to die, just enjoy the life up until that point. But Thursday Eye is not going to spread fear. 
Thursday is going to spread positivity and genuine excitement about progress and technology and new tools that humanities is given. I just wanted to draw this line in the sand real quick. And with that, let's move on to the next incredible update because it's related to this line in the sand. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that we nearly forgot the most important update from OpenAI this week. Most important? AGI had been oh, yes. internally. Absolutely. Yes, let's, let's cover That's the most important one. <laughs> let's cover this briefly because for those of you in the audience who don't follow everything as, as we do, Yam, did OpenAI achieve AGI internally? No, no. <laughs> they <didn't. laughs> uh, Sam, was tro- Sam was trolling us and, and the whole world got a heart attack. For, for an hour, pretty much. It was, but uh, it was a fun hour. It was a fun It hour. was really fun to see. Uh, this anonymous, quote-unquote, leaker account, Johnny Apple or something like this, has been talking about leaks from OpenAI for a while, right? And I think, th- did he say this first, Jan? Am I getting this correctly? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, he uh, he's a bit uh, of a weird user. He started with precisionly predicting the exact release date of GPT-4, the exact number of parameters of GPT-4 a month or two before it was released. And, did, and no one knew about the user. And only, only a month later, people just figured it out that, wait, this user can know things before they happen. So people started to listen to what it said. And out of the blue, I think a week ago, he just tweeted, AGI had been achieved internally. That's it. N- nothing more. So everyone, everyone was curious about well, what is this thing? And the user was deleted, I think, two days ago, out of the blue. I'm surprised. So there were, and so there was some thread on Reddit uh, discussing uh, what this user was all about. Why was it deleted? And out of nowhere, the real Sam Altman, that the, the user, the the confirmed user that we all know is the real Sam Altman because he was involved with Reddit and everything. So we know exactly who this person is. Just commented for the first time in seven years. It's not like he's commenting every day. First time in seven years, AGI has been achieved internally. So, I mean, <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot burn the whole world better than these like, it's the best comment you can just drop if you want to troll. And everyone, everyone got into frenzy everywhere. It, just to add to this, just to, to be very clear, like for folks who doesn't know, AGI, achieving AGI and talking about AGI, this is the whole point about OpenAI, right? They, they say that this is like where they're going. They say, that, or they will do a lot to get there. This is what some folks, doomers, et cetera, they don't want AGI. Some people don't think it's possible. Some people can define AGI. Sam Altman and the team, this is what they want to bring to the world. And it's incredible. Like the first time after seven years, Sam just comes in and drops this thing that this leaker basically said a few a few weeks ago. Arthur? I think it is also interesting that right after that, they told that they need some more money, like invest in us with this company valuation. So I'm pretty sure this is not connected in any ways. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, 
in terms of raising money, I think Sam Altman definitely has shown himself as one of the one of the greats, uh, especially with Y Combinator. And uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, w- one thing we didn't say. Yeah, he, he then edited the comments. <laughs> so just to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and and anyone anyone that is worried right now, AGI has not been achieved internally. They, he edited the tweet and said that uh, he, he was uh, joking, and we all need to chill out and and take a deep breath. Uh, maybe maybe like the LLM, take a deep breath. AGI has not been achieved internally, uh, but it was a fun, it was a fun week. For Absolutely. Sure. And this is just one of the many, many things that we still have yet to, to cover. And I think that's it from OpenAI. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I think that's it from OpenAI. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It's enough. It's, they've, shipping, they've, they've been shipping like crazy. It's enough. <laughs> enough of them. So that's actually... The- oh, there, was, there was one more rumor that they might be developing a device oh, with... A yes, yes. We didn't with talk about this at a all. A special... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, apparently it's a whole different chip. It's a neuromorphic chip. So I'm not really sure how that's going to go. But I think they were raising money for it and not necessarily producing it yet. So anyway, it looks like they might want to get into the game of running models locally because there's a huge market demand for not being API dependent on that. So yes, it's interesting to see where things will go. So let's cover the rumor real quick. I think it was said in the information or something that Johnny Ive previously from Apple and uh, Sam Altman and also Masayoshi-san, Masa, the, the guy that invested in many, many things we work in, like many, many others, are like in talks or something about something like this. And I think, Nistin, your analysis is correct. That, like they want to potentially get in the game of local inference on device that's closer to the human and not somewhere in the cloud where you cannot control your data. I think this analysis is spot on. And I saw somebody say that if anybody can do this at the current valuation speed of development and the incredibly strong connections to everybody in the world, OpenAI is actually well positioned to do this, which is like insane, right? I will also remind folks that maybe you don't remember, OpenAI was in hardware. Well, OpenAI started as like, they wanted to develop robots. They had like the whole Terminator arm, whatever. You can hear like cool things from Ilya Sotskover talking about how they started like scaling robotics first. So it's not like their first foray into hardware. They just said it's hard. So moving forward, Briefly, I'll cover this briefly because last week, yesterday, actually, we had a whole hour space on top of this. Cloudflare released AI inference and integration with Hugging Face and serverless GPUs and vector databases and AI monitoring tools. Cloudflare yesterday went all out in terms of AI engineer support. And I think it's worth mentioning for multiple reasons. I'll try to cover this briefly. And then folks on stage, feel free to raise your hand. Nissan, you were also there. Well, we had a chance to talk with Ricky from a VP BizDev from Cloudflare. Folks, I will just say this one thing. Somebody commented yesterday like, oh, this, this sounds like a shill. <laughs> I literally just like love Cloudflare. If you look at my browser uh, tweet history, I've been on Cloudflare's shtick for a long, long time before they raised the AI stuff. When I joined them with Targum, my startup as like the launchpad, I've been giving them this feedback. Hey folks, I'm building my whole startup on Cloudflare and the only piece, the GPU inference is not on your system and I need to go elsewhere and I need to build scaffolding and ML ops to, to, to move from your framework to their framework. It was a whole thing. It was a big pain point for me. And yesterday, Cloudflare announced something that I personally been waiting for for a while and somebody in the comments is like, oh no, this is a shill. So I can promise you, <laughs> Cloudflare, beyond the providing me the service they provided for a year, I, they didn't pay me anything. And... Um, but I was really surprised that the VP of developer experience already came in. And also they announced a partnership with Hugging Face, 
which again, we have Zenova is joining the stage multiple times. So Zenova actually called the guy from their partnership from the other side from Hugging Face. So if you're interested to check out that conversation, it's coming to Thursday I. It was really, really good. I was very excited. And here is basically a summary of everything they announced just briefly, because if you want details, go to that. You can build basically an end-to-end application on Cloudflare right now, but if you wanted AI, you have to do one of two things. Either hit APIs for OpenAI, Anthropic, et cetera, via like REST, or you had to hit your own APIs. You had to build and scale your own inference on like Lambda Cloud, et cetera, and then hit that over APIs. Cloudflare announced that they're going to bring GPUs in the cloud to basically their ecosystem. And so you don't have to actually build anything. You can, they announce, I think, six models up front that you can just like, you know, from Cloudflare, import Cloudflare slash AI, and then AI.run inference, and then you provide the parameters. And they covered a very wide spectrum of models that you could run on Cloudflare. So obviously, they announced a partnership with Meta. Obviously, I'm saying this obviously as though it's obvious. It's not obvious at all that Meta is everywhere now. But they announced a partnership with Meta, so you can run Llama 2. Uh, they have Whisper on there, so you can run Whisper inference. Again, without an API call to OpenAI, you're not sending your data somewhere else. You're like on your cloud. Um, something that Amazon, I think, offered with SageMaker, et cetera. So Cloudflare is stepping in. Um, I think, what else did they announce? They had text representation, summarization with distilled bird, and I think like six other use cases, Whisper and some others. And I think the best thing about this is that they said, hey, we're listening to the community in terms of which models do you want. And so I immediately said, hey, guys, Thursday I has, let's say, Luigi just joined on stage, Alignment Labs joined us, and multiple folks who do fine-tuning for models, <laughs> given us Llama 27B on inference, it's yesterday's news. Like, okay, Llama 27B was a cool, hot thing a month and a half ago, but now we have a 1.5B model that bits it on, on many parameters. When are we able to, like, join and add different models. And they said it's coming via their integration with Face. So I don't know, those of you who like uh, have visual memory, you can remember how a model card looks on Face. There's a little drop down to the right and you can do a bunch of stuff. You can download the model, you can like run inference, etc. One additional thing is going to get added there, which is deployed to Cloudflare. And this will essentially mean that Cloudflare will like start downloading that model from Face to your Cloudflare cloud somehow, and then you'd be able to just use it in your own products, uh, like through Cloudflare, you're going to be able to pay for it yourself. And the most incredible thing that Cloudflare usually does is they cut competition's prices significantly. So those of you who know about AWS uh, S2, S3, sorry, S3 storage, right? Uh, Cloudflare has a S3 compatible storage solution called R2, but theirs doesn't, you don't pay for egress fees. So you actually, when somebody downloads, you don't pay for traffic. You only pay for storage. And many people don't know this, but like Cloudflare, and I think Hagenface uses some of it. Cloudflare offers this to undercut competition and has been for a while. And the way they're going to undercut competition with the AI stuff is by providing a free tier, just a free tier for inference. Workers platforms, which is everything is connected to workers platforms, will give you a free tier. And we talked with Nistan yesterday about Potentially, this could be a good solution for stuff like different inferences for MOE, for examples, or demos that you download on, on GitHub. You can just like very quickly connect it to your free tier uh, Cloudflare account and get GPU inference in the cloud. There's many, many more exciting things about this. Serverless is one of them. And the global compute and it's scaling across the whole world, basically. So, but we've talked enough about Cloudflare yesterday. I will just point you to that conversation, which is coming to Thursday I, probably this Sunday.
I find it incredible. First of all, the cloud is stepping in there. And second of all, because the same considerations for local inference apply here as well. This is not local. This is on edge computing. They call it edge computing. However, this is your edge. This is your cloud. Cloudflare is very protective of their stuff. They have a whole security team that doesn't leak your stuff. And so no longer you will have to send stuff to OpenAI if you're okay with like this specific model or that specific model. So this is just the AI inference. Folks, comments on the AI inference part and several GPUs before we move on to the two other things they announced and then continue talking about everything else that happened. So. I, I'm, I'm going to use it because it makes it very easy and very nice to develop for, for a web-based app to have something to fall back to. Even if you run web GPU models locally or you have a GGML, GGUF API running locally, you would still use... Cloudflare to have something to fall back to on the on the net and and also their workflow of adding a vector DB that automatically appends stuff to your prompt was really nice I thought so uh, but again I haven't built anything with it yet uh, I'm just planning to so actually let's move uh, and listen thank you this brings us to the next point exactly that Cloudflare announced kind of three and a half or four things yesterday that are related and you definitely talked about the second thing which is the vector DB stuff oh. The one thing I forgot, the serverless GPU stuff that Cloudflare allows you to do, they're offering us an embedding model, which is the best embedding model based on the Hagen-Pace big embedding models so far, which is, I think, BGE large or GTE, one of them, but the best one. And so you can actually like run embeddings instead of APA002, you can run embeddings. And so what do you need embeddings for? You need embeddings for putting them in the vector database, right? And do RAG or retrieval augmented generation and to do similarity search for vectors. This is what you need embeddings for. And so the second thing that Cloudflare offered us is they open sourced. Actually, I don't know if they open sourced it. No, they announced a new vector DB called Vectorize. And they announced a vector DB that like scales with the Cloudflare system. Again, as part of your ecosystem. So you're obviously previously able to use VectorDBs in your Cloudflare products. Uh, if, if you're on Cloudflare, you had to go to Pinecone, uh, you had to maybe host Chroma, right? And so now they announced that they have a native solution as well, which uh, brings it to a lot of people to very easily experiment with. And again, that VectorDB will also have a free tier. And one thing that I love that they did is that uh, we, we have uh, folks from Pinecone join this uh, spaces as well. So no shade on Pinecone because Pinecone brought the the torch of vector DBs to many people, but they scaled so fast that at points when AutoGPT came out and AutoGPT pointed a figure to Cloudflare uh, to Pinecone and said, hey, go and open an account on Pinecone, give us the API key so your agent will have a brain. Pinecone started shutting down instances after a week. You guys remember this? Like if you open a free Pinecone account, they will start shutting down instances. Cloudflare jokingly said, we're not going to shut down your instance after a week of inactivity with winking to Pinecone and this explosion of popularity in AI agents. And two other things, Nisten, could you talk about the workflow that you mentioned? Because I don't think I got it fully because I, maybe I didn't read this. And then I have another, another thing about the VectorDB stuff. Yeah, just re really quickly, what it does is the moment that your user types something in a chat box, that thing gets sent to the VectorDB of whatever you've set up. It could be stuff about a game. It could be Wikipedia. It could be medical records, whatever you've set up through secure storage. And then it grabs stuff from the VectorDB, which is facts, like actual information. And then it adds that to the prompt. So then, then when you 
prompt the full model, then it sends the whole thing to your Llama 7B and whatever. So it's auto-prompt enhancing and is built into the workflow. And I think this is huge because, again, the language model is just the base layer of an app or a solution, and you got to add all this stuff on top. And by default, they've added this workflow on top, which is really nice because it will make for much uh, better products and also less hallucination and all of that too. Like it'll just bring better results by default. I will say this about Cloudflare. I've been in their ecosystem for a while. They're working on developer experience. Sometimes it's not as easy to get started with some of their stuff, but they definitely always are tuned into developers kind of requests. So stuff like this, Nistan, I think uh, Ricky yesterday heard you say and get excited, but also the stuff that people don't really like or some doesn't work. They, they will definitely need to go fix. Mr. could you pick up the other part of it? My daughter needs help. I need to go for a second. Yeah, sure. The other part that I found uh, pretty exciting and didn't look that much into was uh, web GPU support. So they are uh, supporting web GPU uh, by default out of the box. And uh, I was struggling quite a bit with uh, MLC AI and... Uh, trying to cache the WebGPU models, also making WebGPU compatible models so that then they can cache in IndexedDB. Well, then have to use the file system API of Chrome. So it's pretty it's pretty messy now to, to get that done. So it's really nice that Cloudflare is, is starting to provide that. And there was one more thing. People that were rolling out vector DPs at scale, they had trouble at some point because uh, they weren't as stable as people would expect. Like if you start up a, a Cosmos DB or a Foundation DB or a Amazon RDS, like a plain SQL, you expect that to just scale, right? Like you just, you have five users, you have 5 million users, you just expect that to work. And that wasn't the case because they're such new products. With the with the vector DPs, that there were a lot of frustrations earlier on. Now I think many of those will get ironed out, but I know that for enterprise solutions and stuff, they're gonna wait until they can get some kind of backing either from AWS, which are offering now their own vector DB thing, but it's still in beta, I think. And then now it's Cloudflare. So again, overall, this is a good thing. I know some people might think, oh, it's gonna kill so many startups. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to actually make a lot of the small language models a lot more usable for stuff like customer service bots, because that's what's been the main issue right now. It just takes so much work and so much engineering to make them into a product, uh, even though they're open source and free to use, and you can get support directly from people that make them. So yeah. this is overall really good. It's just going to expand the use greatly. Thank you, Nissan. Thanks for picking it up, uh, folks. This is what happens when I was a kid. And Thursday, I still comes to you, even with some uh, restrictions. The the thing, I definitely agree. The scale that they can give us as a developer, I never like was fearing about my website going down because of the uh, Cloudflare can do scale. The next thing that I was really interested about in the vector DB solution is that it's connected. The metadata there is connected to objects in their file storage. So. If you've built like a rag or something, and let's say you have some vectors, you have some embeddings, you usually put like a metadata by the side so that you'd be able to actually pull some stuff 
and tell the users, hey, this vector thing is similar to that vector thing, but here's the actual text, not in vector form. And in Cloudflare Solution, they offer a connection to not only text, but also objects in their storage. So you can vectorize some stuff about the video, and then you have a direct connection to a video. It's just as simple like the X thing, but it's very, very powerful. And I really liked that it was a small mention for that. One last thing they offered, and this is very interesting to talk about because you don't have to run inference. You don't have to run the model in cloud. So you can use this with OpenAI if you want to. They offered a proxy thing where it's called the AI hub, AI monitoring, which is, it gives you several things. And like, yeah, there's a few startups that did this as well. We had, I forgot the name of the guest yesterday, last week with the remember all, but basically talked about the same thing. You change a few lines in your code to send requests to OpenAI, Anthropic, et cetera, it doesn't matter what, you send them through the Cloudflare proxy and Cloudflare does several th stuff for you. And one of them, we only got told yesterday by Ricky and they didn't even announce this, but it's incredible. They will monitor your usage in terms of how much money it, how, how much money it costs you. You can put some limits on the usage of APIs. And the most beautiful thing they talked about is now that if you proxy your requests, they're going to add caching to you as well. But if OpenAI is slow, you can fall back to a local model inside Cloudflare or a different model. So I will say this slowly again, but changing two lines in your code, you can start sending requests through Cloudflare. It'll probably route them to, to a faster server as well, because that's what they usually do. But if it doesn't work or if OpenAI is down or if it's slow or something like this, <laughs> they, they will be offering you a fallback to a different model, which I found incredible as a concept because you could write this code yourself, but did you? Did you? I'm looking at you, a person who has AI inference that uses OpenAI API endpoints on production. I haven't written this, right? If OpenAI is down, Targum that uses OpenAI has a fallback, but like it doesn't generate the thing it needs to generate. There's no fallback to like Anthropic. And you can write this, but it's not easy to. And this type of stuff I just find like very incredible. And this proxy thing doesn't need, doesn't need to work with CloudSource inference. It can work with OpenAI and Tropic. It can give you dashboards about your usage. It's really, really good. And I think the last thing is the integration with Hug and Face that we've covered. So Cloudflare comes in very hot with AI. And I think the reason why I'm very, very excited about this is because you guys know, those of you who are on stage here and some of you in the audience, that I'm going to this AI engineer event in San Francisco. I see Robert Scoble. Robert, I think you're going there as well. And it's by Swix and Aresia and some other folks in Latin space. And there's this new type of developer that's called AI developer, AI engineer. And this is a whole conference about those people. And Cloudflare is the, is kind of for that type of people. There's enough people who are like able to run CUDA or install VMs. Not that they can't learn. It just, that's far away from them. It took me a while to be able to like figure out Python and, oh, by the way, I want to shout out Peter Wang in the audience. What's up, Peter? So it took me a while to like learn that VM and Conda are different things and how to set up an environment. And the, there's a whole huge population of developers who write TypeScript and write UI for a living that for them, something like a Cloudflare environment is easier than doing some Python. And for them, Cloudflare just opened up. And for all of us, honestly, because those people are also creative and innovative and building cool products, they opened up like a huge new wave of developers that were going to join the AI kind of uh, stuff and be able to run inference on models within their own thing. So I think it's very, very exciting. I think we haven't, I think this flew under the radar for most people, as I always think about cloud for stuff. And we're going to probably talk more about this. Again, 
even though we talked for a lot, yesterday we've spoken for an hour and a half with, with folks from Hagen Face and Kaltzar. If you're interested in more depth, go there. And I think this covers this part. <laughs> but we have so, so much more to talk about. So stay tuned. And I will just like maybe reset the space a little bit and just say hi to everybody new who came in after an hour that we're here. Uh, this is Thursday I, uh, Twitter space or X space, and then the newsletter and the podcast that comes at you every week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes three times a week, usually twice a week. Uh, we cover everything that's hugely important in the worlds of AI as it applies to developers, as it applies to open source, large language models. And we've been doing this for the past seven months and only like the past three and a half, four months has actually been recorded in podcast form. So if you just stepped in and you're like, oh no, I missed some of it. No, you didn't. Uh, subscribe to thursdayi.news and you'll get it in your uh, podcast of your choice, Spotify, Apple, uh, soon maybe in Spanish through Spotify. Nisten, <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear how that you know, how that sounds. Or yeah, maybe in Hebrew for, for my mom. So the next topic that I want to cover. Oh, no, before that, I just want to thank many of the folks on stage here that join me from week to week and to talk about different things that I cannot talk about with, with X50s. So I will just briefly run to the people to introduce them because I usually ask. Jan Pelleg is our, in, in, how should I say, the data scientist of data scientists, the ML practitioner, the guy who reads the papers and knows all about them and trains his own models. And he's currently training the Hebrew LLM, one of the big ones, and also a very strong participant in the Israeli community and a, a dear friend of the pod and co-host. Nisten is a resident hacker, AI engineer, basically is running huge models on CPU somehow, nobody knows how. Recently released an ISO that you can boot an LLM and just like without any internet connection. Arthur joined us last week and since then joined us again. Arthur is the, I want to say, Mscripten web GPU person. Arthur, is that, this is the second time I see you, so it's hard for you to describe. But Arthur has worked with the web GPU team and to bring about some changes in that specs. And it's incredible to have you here and with a lot of love. I will introduce LDJ as well. Luigi is in charge of recently released his own fine tune called Capybara. So shout out Luigi. It was great to see Capybara getting released. Luigi is part of the news research team, a group of very incredible people, talented people who fine tune the top of the line models, extend context and do many, many things to different open source. And really, really happy that Luigi is participating in this. And many other folks joined us from week to week. And so if you're interested in extra opinions, definitely tune in to Thursday I. Uh, I want to shout out to two or three friends in the audience. Robert Scovel is here. Peter Wang. Thank you, Peter, for joining. I haven't seen you here in a while. Harrison Kinsley, if you want to learn everything about how to build a neural network from scratch, check Sent Dex on YouTube as well. And Al Cheng, I haven't seen you in a while. Right. So the laugh fest is over. <laughs> let's continue. Um, okay, so let's go to Meta. Meta yesterday, guys, honestly, if you have watched this, I haven't. So I only have like a little bit of, of understanding from the Twitter flow. But Meta has had a whole day, even Mark Zuckerberg on stage, they announced AI and glasses. But the, the, the most important thing they announced is something that Mark Zuckerberg talked with Lex Friedman about uh, when Llama 2 was about to get released, is that everybody who uses Meta products will going to get AI agents in there where they are right now. So Instagram and Messenger on Facebook and, and WhatsApp, they're going to get an AI agent that you can ask for multiple things. So this is one announcement for Meta. It's huge. They're going after Replica and they're going after um, character AI and all of these things because they are doing something called embodiment. Meta has connected with multiple 
very high profile creators in the creator economy and built bots with kind of those personalities. And I think even voices, I'm not sure, but I think even voices and you will be able to ask those AI personalities within the platform that you already use. And let's say all of us can run the latest Quen model, let's say, let's say my mom definitely can't. But now my mom and her friends who use Messenger or who use Instagram, they will get an AI model in their hands. And I think this is a, a huge thing for OpenAI because so far OpenAI has been the de facto best one, right? And many, many people used OpenAI APIs for chatbots, et cetera. And now Facebook is like, you know what? We have 3 billion users here and like 2 billion users here and 1.5 billion users here. And now all of them will get this thing. And it's a huge sea change in how many people will get uh, AI in their hands. This joins last week where Windows announced Copilot were like the best, sorry, not the best. I love my Mac OS, but like the most famous operating system in the world, the, the most widely used one is going to get AI Copilot built in. And so today we are joined by Meta announcing that all their products are going to get AI. And so what will do? What will people do with those AIs, you may ask? That's a good question. Everything we do with ChatGPT, but also generate images. <laughs> so Meta, not only did they said, hey, we're going to bring AI to everybody who uses our products. They also announced a new model called EMU, new image model. I actually don't know if they open sourced anything, but... This is the first that Meta goes into the array of image generation diffusion models. I, I want to ask folks on stage if that's true, because I don't think they released anything remotely related to diffusion before. And now they're showing off very impressive image generation capabilities with a wink at mid-journey, because the way you would generate this is with like slash imagine or slash generate or something like this, which is very mid-journey-like. And so not only will your mom be able to ask her AI friend about the next elections, she will also be able to generate a meme and send you this meme. So get, get ready, folks. The, the, the Facebook generation is coming at us with a bunch of AI stuff. I found it like lovely. Luigi, welcome stage, please. Oh yeah, Julius is Welcome, Luigi. Yeah, no, no, I was already here. I was just, I couldn't find the, the hand raised thing. It's not showing up on desktop, so I just did the wave thing. But you're saying image generation. I think, yeah, back in July, I think it is. I guess maybe it's like an advancement of the same AI, but they released something called Chameleon, and oh, that does image generation. That's true, Chameleon. Was that open source? Do you remember? Um, not sure. I wanna, I'm leaning towards no, yeah. but they released like a paper on it. Yeah. It's it's impressive how much if you consider GPU inference and you consider how like how uh, GPU crunched we are like in the world right it's impressive that they're like about to open up AI to like billions of people around the world just imagine the scale with which like inference needs to run at that scale it's to me mind boggling and I will say this um, call me a shill call me whatever you want meta are goats to me because of llama because of the multimodal stuff because of nllb and different translation tools and because of all these things uh i consider meta the goats not to mention young lacoon went on a senate hearing and his testimony is like everybody in the open source everybody behind progress just like clapped and said we were so grateful for young lacoon and that he's leading that like very very talented team uh, and now those folks are uh, coming back with a vengeance I still see some people react with the same kind of snark that, about Mark Zuckerberg that we went through after the first election cycle, et cetera. And I personally don't feel that at all. I think they're doing incredible. I think compared to other big companies, they're doing a lot for open source, for, for Llama, for different translation models, 
they have the same mission and vision in life that I have, which is language barriers should not exist. And they're actually doing this in open source. So I, I use some stuff translation-wise. And just kudos to Meta, really, for innovating here, for bringing this news to many, many people. And we'll hopefully have some Meta friends here in the Thursday night at some point. So if you know anyone high up there, let me know and connect me with them. Crazier things have happened so far. I think that's all for Meta that I wanted to talk about. But folks on stage, if you saw something from Meta and we haven't covered, feel free to just chime in. Yeah, maybe the last thing is the, the, the glasses, right? So we're about to get into the area of spatial computing. Apple is about, Apple is about to shove us in there. It's not going to happen to you and me only, right? So the, the, the more, how should I say the more early adapter of us will probably try that out and try to play with this. But definitely this device is going to be a new device, very expensive. Meta is going after that market as well with their glasses, with their partnership with Ray-Ban, I think. And, or somebody else. Is that Ray-Ban? I think it's Ray-Ban. So they... Yeah, I think it's Ray-Ban. Yeah. yeah. And they had these glasses for a while and honestly, they were not that impressive. And the thing that AI related there is that their glasses now will get an AI system in your ear and not only that, it's going to be multimodal. So you will have you will have camera and you'll be able to ask it things about the stuff that you see, which which is like I think it flew under the radar, but like it's very big as well. So yeah, Arthur. Do you remember Google Gloss? I, I do. Think. Yeah. I know I know um, somebody in the audience. I think Robert remembers Google Glass very well. <laughs> uh, and I think they have discontinued that just I don't know. A few months ago, I read news somewhere. Anyway, people were quietly against that because they didn't like that you might be filming them all the time. So I'm not sure how the public will accept those meta glasses since you're have... filming everyone. I... Yeah. I agree with you. And my only response to this was Google Glass came out way before TikTok started like showing up everywhere and there's cameras everywhere and people are like can't wait to get uh online to get to show themselves so we'll definitely see but i think we've moved so far since then that it's going to be interesting to, to see how the population will like accept cameras everywhere i agree with you completely we've had a talk about i don't know if this was recorded Nista, you remember luigi you were there as well we had a talk about like new interfaces and cameras and my point was my strong point was from that talk is that any AI to be useful to you as a personal assistant, it needs to see what you see. It's clear to me at this point, like it has to see what you see. Otherwise, it's not going to be able to. And obviously, you need to talk to it, but it has to also see what you're seeing. And GPT-4 is, is giving yeah. us this. Yeah, Luigi, go ahead. Yeah, I think that was that was one of the late night, I forgot what, what exactly you call it, late night AI talks. I don't know if you're... Yeah, we that. have those as well, folks. It's called virtual uh, grass touching. So you're welcome to to join those rumblings. Yeah, and I do remember you saying that, and I mostly agree with you there. I think, I mean, something that people don't think about, which I think is pretty funny, is that, like, especially girls will commonly have, like, the phone in the back of the pocket where, like, the camera is technically out, and, like, the girl could be recording everything behind her, and nobody would know it. But, like, technically, people always have their phone out facing the public, and people don't care. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting how this is received, and those glasses did not have not been very successful so far, but, you know, maybe with an AI system, if somebody looks at Apple Vision and says, oh, this is so cool, augmented reality, but at least part of it will get brought to the Apple Vision. Sure. So, 
Uh, yeah, it's been a very long time since I've been on the oh, stage. Oh, you've been here before, yeah. Yeah, just like a few times where I hardly go on stage. Hi there, just uh, an enthusiast. So the conversation here is really, really nice. I thought to just throw a few things in as well. Strangely, I actually don't know how to raise my hand. That's why I haven't <laughs> actually raised my hand the proper way. So it's a bit weird. Uh, right, so the conversation with regards to the glasses I found to be quite interesting. I think quite recently, as you would have probably seen, I think OpenAI actually released, like, I think, basically, like, the latest version of, like, GPT-4 for, like, blind people to use their phones, I suppose, to literally maybe scan things around them and get information back from it. But now they literally don't have to be raising up their hand on with, like, the device, I suppose. I think the glasses would be quite nice for maybe people who are visually impaired in some way or another. So they're a bit hands-free, so I feel that's something that's actually quite unique. And this is a more interesting, like, foray into, like, wearables. Because I suppose like Snap's already done something like this in some sort of way, shape or form. I don't really know how far that scales. But when you have Facebook, like a really, really, sorry, Meta, uh, a really, really massive company actually taking this on. We're expecting a bit more, I suppose. So let's actually see how things go. I think it's a really interesting time. With regards to, I suppose, basically like having like AI models in, let's say, every single, let's say every single messaging app we have. I think that's quite interesting, but the only thing I slightly worry about is like the privacy aspect of it. I don't know if everyone would be so comfortable with the idea that mm, if I just type a slash and then I suppose a model can literally apply. And my conversation's actually been open to this model from the start. So that sense of privacy is maybe like a slightly big deal. I don't really know, but let's just see how they sort of actually worked out. The last thing I probably would say that would be sort of interesting is I think, let's say, in really large parts of the world, I suppose WhatsApp is being used for business, like small businesses sort of like leverage that. So I think it'd be quite interesting to see how, let's say, Facebook may at Arena, if they will actually do it, maybe leverage some of these tools to bring, let's say, bots to small businesses on like platforms. Like they definitely talked really about attractive. business operations for this in terms of like an AI extension of your business will be able to answer. They definitely talked about this. Thank you, E.T. Thanks for joining us. I want to introduce uh, Peter to the stage as well. Peter, welcome. Uh, I think you've been here up here, but we've definitely talked before. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Alex. And this is my, I think my, maybe my first or second time joining a Twitter space. So a little bit new for me. I didn't really know how to raise my hand, but thanks for having me here. This is really great. I'm Peter Wang. I, I founded Anaconda and the PyData ecosystem many, many years ago. And this has been a great conversation. I wanted to bring into the aperture here something that's, I don't know if you guys saw this article in the New York Times earlier this month about how Google and Facebook had in the past developed facial recognition technology that would automatically go and labels people's faces and everything. And they decided to, to kill it. They decided to stop. In fact, Eric Schmidt, had said that back in 2011, Google had built this technology and they withheld it. And he said it was the, as far as I know, it's the only technology that Google built. And after looking at it, we decided to stop. And the same thing with, with then Facebook. But they, they decided that this was just too, too creepy and that it would be very controversial to release it. And so now that we have even, see, what is it? We could just put name tags on people. You could be out at a dinner party. You just see everything about them, net worth, criminal record, et cetera, et cetera. And social media score, influencer account followers, all of the stuff. And, and so the company shut down that facial recognition system to, to do some of that stuff. And, and so I, I think we are now very rapidly crossing the threshold where we really need to be thinking about ought and should while we're developing or even deploying the can. Because the social ramifications of that are 
are very deep and and you can't take it back. And just to put this in, in the thing, like speaking of TikTok, someone brought up TikTok earlier. My my son started middle school a couple of years back and he basically can't use the bathroom at school because of a TikTok trend that went viral and caused a bunch of kids at the beginning, I think it was in seventh grade, they went and just sort of started demolishing their and, and, and wrecking school bathrooms to record the videos and post them on TikTok because it's a trend. And so then all of the, the, the school made it policy to make it such a hassle to get a hall pass to go to the bathroom. Only one kid can be there at a time and all the stuff. My son basically just doesn't use the bathroom at school all day, which is like terrible because of a stupid app, right? And so I think if you think about that, like to the hundredth power, once people have all the stuff, I think it's going to become very quickly fashionable for everyone to start wearing masks again, like eyes wide shut or something, or a little IR and visible light confounders on their on their faces, face tattoos and everything to, to screw up the facial recognition or something, because it's just going to be an arms race. If, if we butterfly war, I think is the term some people use about this kind of thing. But anyway, just want to throw a little dystopian heads up in there. Oh, no. <laughs> and thanks for having me on, Alex. Oh, of course. Welcome anytime, Peter. And definitely many scenes from Black Mirror and, and, and other things are coming up as these technologies advance. And we see more and more of these advances. So uh, there's cameras everywhere anyway. But now where people are going to wear them on faces and record everything. And with segmentation models. Oh, yeah. Meta is going to put like segment anything model that they open sourced in those uh, cameras as well, which is like one thing they've talked about. And, uh, you know, you as a person will also have this power that many people already have. There is a there's a startup, I think, that does this for law enforcement agencies that scours the social social media networks and everything. And it like it knows everything about you. There's a database of those people and their faces out there. And it's going to be very interesting once everybody's going to wear, wear cameras as well. Listen, go ahead. I think one good way to solve this is to just start treating uh, people's digital property the same way that we treat property rights. And I, I think with more automated legal tools, people will have an easier time to do that. But yeah, for, for now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mess. And, uh, and on a random note, Peter, when can we expect like good GPU support in PyScript? Because I haven't followed up on the project for a while. I wanted to use it. I will. I will just wait. The web GPU guy's on, right? What, the where... <laughs> yes, Arthur is here. Arthur, this is Peter. Peter, this is Arthur. This will happen on Thursday, I folks. Peter, I just want to give you an out. Like, if you need to go, it's fine. If you want to say skip, it's also fine. We didn't need to put you on the spot, Niston. If you want to, no, this is great. Okay. <laughs> but actually, I just want to say, Niston, like, really, really, really. I think you're absolutely right that where this has to go, and maybe it's good that this is happening so fast that it creates a shockwave where policymakers can't ignore it the way they sort of ignored social media and let us be boiled frogs. I think this is going to basically make everyone say, hold on, those models are my data. That's my digital data exhaust. That's my digital twin. That's me. And if we're going to now make cyberspace so intrude into physical space, then the same rights I have in physical space should absolutely go right back up into cyberspace. And the perverse aspect of that is imagine if we had a ruling around that and then all of a sudden people could own their own psychological profiles inside the Facebook data center or inside the YouTube recommender. That would be a very, very interesting consequence. And I could see the EU getting there way before America does, but it wouldn't be logically out of step to say, at this point, we can see that you can apply, take this, take all of this user's data exhaust, multiply it by some matrices and get out a digital twin of this user. Okay, that's essentially their footprint and they own their footprint or thumbprint, right? Like that's just, that, I could see someone making that argument over on the other side of the Atlantic, but it'd probably be a while before we, would threaten the business models of these tech trillion dollar companies here in the U.S. I think, Peter, what, what joins 
what kind of reflects back at me after you saying this is that uh, I don't know if you were here in the beginning of, of when we started recording this, where we saw some rumors, quote unquote, from Apple that potentially on device interest is coming and there your data sits there. And we also saw some rumors from OpenAI with Johnny Ive and, and Massa that also talked about like potentially a device, potentially local inference. And I think that's also like a good place where this could go, where like all of the stuff that's like your digital clone or stuff that it remembers about you is actually sitting on your device and believable by you, like some other stuff that we currently have without sending it to the cloud. So could be interesting there, but I don't think we have just just glimpses of the, just glimpses. I will say this, Peter, I know you like philosophy as well, right? You're enjoying this. We have other spaces where we go way deep and we can just like talk all over and just like explore ideas. It's about updates. And so I want to move us, if you guys don't mind, move us towards the open source LLM. Something that we often talk about 100% of the time, sometimes like a week like this, many crazy things that have happened in the open source LLM community. And we're only now getting this to after an hour and a half. So let's move over to our like favorite and maybe best position to talk about this. Luigi Yam, Nisten, uh, join us in discussing these next two things. I think too many, two very important things happened. And we'll talk about Mistral first and then Gwen 14B. Which one do we want to cover first? I think Quen 14B is is earlier, just time-wise. Luigi, what do you think about yeah, Quen? Yeah, I think... Yeah, if, yeah if, I think uh, the Mistral... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sure, I, I can give a brief summary. And I think the Mistral model is like better and more impressive, so we can save the best for last. So yeah, the cover Quen 14B, pretty much Alibaba, the, the Chinese company, they ended up releasing this model, which they already previously released, Quen 7 billion parameters. And that was already pretty good. I believe it was around the level of Llama 7 billion parameters and a little better in certain aspects. But this new Quen model that's trained for significantly more tokens, I think about 3 trillion, 3.5 trillion or so, significantly more training than the, the most that Llama models trained and significantly better in multiple ways, pretty much in every way, than like the equivalent Llama models. The only thing really holding the ML people back from actually training on it and using it is just the ecosystem is so adapted to Lava and everything that it's a little bit of friction on that path. And I don't know, Yam, if you want to add something into that before we yeah. talk about Mistral. Before but... you jump in. I think, I think there have been, one second, there have been another one. Just one tiny second, because I want to shout out this incredible thread that you posted. It's now pinned to the top of the space. Uh, Yang, you posted about Quen 14B, and you went deep, man. I really appreciated this. Like, I looked at this, like, wow, what did you have the time? So please go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the, that's what I do now. So uh, I'm going into into the papers that uh, train large-scale models. Uh, they're doing large-scale training. So this is why you see the the threads that go specifically on those models that are trained uh, for large-scale, wide audience, and so on and so forth, because uh, I actually read them. Um, I just want to say, I think, if, if I recall correctly, uh, there were three state-of-the-art models this week. Um, Quen, uh, Mistral, and I think, I think, uh, Internal M was this week, or, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll just check hugging face <laughs> to, to tell you. Uh, no, yeah, which, which, I, I think it is within the last ten days. Yes, yeah. and we need to and we need to talk about copy cover, which, which is like every, everything is at the same time. Oh, X win, <laughs> X win, right? Is also, yeah. This week was crazy. 
<laughs> I think one of the one um, of the craziest weeks that has been in terms of updates since we started doing this for sure. But let's stick on Quen for just a little bit because Quen yeah. 14B is double the size of the previous one. The previous one they deleted from the internet, right? Quen 7B and 7BVL was taken down. And now we've gotten back yeah, 14B, 14B chat, and 14B vision yeah. as well. So could you talk about those? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what we see here is uh, a team, a highly capable team working really hard to bring us uh, a powerful model. And this is the result. And uh, I just want to say, I say this all the time. So it's not just about the flops. Flops are important, but it's not just about compute power. There is much more to that. And, and this is a living example of an extremely powerful model that it was done, was trained and done on the best way possible. And uh, there, there are some tweaks here and there for what went into the model. You can read my thread if you really want to. Uh, I just say that we saw this week, like day after day after day, a state-of-the-art model, then a state-of-the-art model, and they all beat each other and, and really hard to follow. So I think that any, anyone looking for a rule of thumb, go with the, the one that is the easiest for you to use, uh, even if there is uh, one that is an epsilon a little bit better, because uh, the day after will be an epsilon a little bit better after this one. And uh, if, if it takes you uh, too much time to use or, or uh, is, not, is not straightforward for your use case, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't feel too much of a FOMO because <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard feel every day. Uh, and uh, hang in there. It's moving fast. Um, I think that I think we can talk about the so before we go to Mr. the event the the event of this yeah week. before before we go to Mr. I just will say that the trend is clear right smaller better faster models are coming out every week we've seen this week after week here Quen 14b came out and it beats Llama 34b in in multiple multiple almost all benchmarks right so like a smaller model 14b now beats a, a whatever had state-of-the-art and you know, like exploded to the popularity a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I think. It's been a while. Time it doesn't make sense anymore <laughs> because of the speed. And this like small model beats Llama 34B, so like a significantly bigger model. The trend is clear. It's going to get smaller. It's going to get on your device. Yes. However, <laughs> there's another model that beats different other models, and this is Mistral. Anybody on stage want to talk about the weird word that logo and how much money they raised and how many people just like talked about yeah. this? Go ahead, Luigi. So long story short, this company, three three of the founders of the company were on the original paper of the of Llama, the popular model put out by Meta. And uh, Timothy LaCroix and one of like I think one of the chief scientists for Meta, as well as somebody who's actually ex DeepMind as well. So really crazy talent, talented team. And they got, I think, over $100 million in funding or something around there about two months ago. And they've been mysterious, not really saying much about their plans, just saying that they want to embrace open source, though. So I think about yesterday or the day before, they just randomly put out a torrent link on Twitter, which I think is a kind of genius marketing ploy, or at least that's what it seems like. And of course, everybody's like, what is this? You open the torrent, you download it. It has a little bit of a readme with some details. And in the code, it actually references what seems like a data set with the phrase 8T, which like in machine learning terms, most machine learning people will just interpret that as meaning 8 trillion tokens, which is a lot. That's like, 
Yeah, like more than any openly available data set we know of. And closed. So, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And closed, and closed model. More than closed models as well. Yeah, and so people start testing this out. And in the benchmarks and within news research and some of our peers did independent benchmarks and have verified in pretty much every benchmark we tested and like each individual subset of the benchmarks as well, not only does it beat Llama 2 7 billion parameters, but it beats Llama 13 billion parameters and like everyone as well. And this is a, only a 7 billion parameter model. And so the speculation about the 8 trillion tokens, the file name for the model is version 0 0.1. So people were speculating it's maybe a 10% checkpoint, meaning it's like 800 billion tokens trained out of that 8 trillion. And I was, I was like the first one to actually ask Timothy LaCroix, one of the, the founders, I was asking him in Discord about this directly. And I people were sharing the screenshots of me asking him. But I was asking him if the full training is 8 trillion or whatever. He did confirm that at least at the time of training the tokenizer, they had a cleaned 8 trillion token data set of at least that amount. And then I asked him, okay, well, is the actual model release like, is that correct to speculate that it's 800 billion tokens trained so far, like 10%? And he, he didn't like, he was hesitant to respond. I asked him a couple times in different ways. And then eventually he just said, we'd like to keep those details private, et cetera. And like for now, they're going to keep that private, but they can't, <clears throat> sorry, but they can't confirm that the full thing, they do have a data set of at least 8 trillion tokens. So super interesting. Wow. Oh, no, you, you couldn't jailbreak him, but you tried. It's okay. Sorry, what do you say? You just didn't prompt him, right? But it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think I covered pretty much. Yeah, no, Luigi, thank scrolling. you. And, and first of all, folks, the folks behind Quen is also potentially going to participate in Thursday I. They're retweeting Yam. We're DMing with them. Luigi's talking about with the Mistral folks. Thursday I is the place to be if you want to like know the latest in open source LLMs. And if you want to go deeper, News Research has recently opened their Discord. I see Pharrell in the audience. Skunkworks OS is also a great way to learn about how open source works and LLMs especially. And so again, this week, just this week, before we get to XLAN, and I think maybe, Jan, yeah, let's keep XLAN because we're almost at time. We got a 14B model that outperforms a 34B model in all benchmarks. And we got a 7B model that outperforms Llama 2 14B, right? So smaller, faster, better. And I think I saw something again about Mistral is that it outperforms code Llama on code. And this is a general model. Is that correct, Jan? Is that a correct assessment? It doesn't outperform code llama on code, but it is, I think, second place on code. And uh, it is extremely impressive uh, that a model can do so much. I mean, there isn't a lot of room in the weights to, to pack so much information. So usually when you train small models, you have to, to selectively choose at least somewhat what you're going to train on because uh, it's a small model uh, at the end. So when you see a model that generally this good and also good for code, which we know that code and math and all of those are usually skills where you really need to deliberately train for in order to get some capabilities. So it's really impressive, really impressive. I just want to say that those, those guys got, got some hate when they raised uh, the money two months ago. So I think we really deserve the, the, the attitude of just dropping the magnet link, like 
They raised a lot of money. People gave them gave them a lot of shit. Gave them some a stuff. lot of shit. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's like you see them like a month a month later, just go to hell. Here is the link. Yeah, we actually did it. Yeah, you said we're not going to do it. Here is the link. I think I like the attitude. I really do think that people should should watch it and don't don't just don't just give shit to people that have their best intention. They those guys just release and and the open of the open source models and absolutely a great model and that's it one more thing that i tweeted yesterday which i i happen to understand that people uh, didn't think about this that just coming from this exact spot right now the main reason that many teams don't share their data is not because they are trying to hold secrets from you or have a trade secret or anything we all see everyone that is collecting data or curating a large data set that from raw sources from the internet uh, has the same uh, problem and considering the same thing. We all see what is going on uh, with the legal battles right now of uh, data set collection for training models. So this is the, the real reason everyone is secretive about their data, so, data sets. And I really don't think we should give them too much hard time for not releasing mostly probably probably a team that just dropped the, the most powerful open source model on in a magnet league probably they would be just fine with releasing the data set i don't think that they are holding secrets from us and more so that they don't want to get into into trouble legal wise and until the legal battles are resolved and we all know okay this is accepted now we can collect data for training models or not whether whether way it will go we can just don't ask too many questions about the data and just validate the models for sure. Validate the models to make sure nothing, no one is trying to take advantage of the benchmarks. But, but just, just say thank you. We got a good model and thank you. And we don't ask where the data come from. That's all. I, I completely agree with this. Yeah, thank you for this coverage specifically because Mistral did get a bunch of, oh, the bubble is here. Oh, the bubble, three guys without any products is raising a hundred. 13 million dollars whatever blah 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 blah, and then they scaled and released their infrastructure uh, they scaled their infrastructure collected data in like four and a half months or something and then released like an incredible model on us and not only released like you said they've committed to open source like fully here's a not hugging phase not like meta you have to sign some stuff and your email is collected here's a torrent link go fucking nuts that's what they basically said and i loved it i absolutely loved it apache 2 apache 2 no one is going there it's 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 the best thing, the best license they could just go. I mean, it's amazing. Could, could we talk about uh, internals a little bit? I think you guys broke down. They have a bunch of like their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what's really great about Mistral, I think, is that the fact that you have all these models coming out lately, like, like Baichan, you have Quen, and a lot of the bottleneck of like developers actually not using it, even though it has some improvements is like the stuff I was talking about earlier, these architectural differences, the differences in how you have to inference it, et cetera. But this Mistral model is very similar to Llama in terms of like, we already, like in news research, we're, we were already able to like transfer our current training code to like, right now I already have something training on it. So it's like wait, I, very wait, wait, easily wait, wait, able. You, hold on one second, please. I have to ask you this again. News research. Sure. My friends of the pod, dearest friends of the pod, the guys who put like consistently the best performing models on the top of the benchmarks are now fine-tuning Mistral. Is that the correct thing that to say? 
Yes, I'm 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 fine tuning Capybara right now on Mistral model. All right, folks, you heard here first. Follow Luigi, follow News Research. We're going to see some benchmarks very soon. <laughs> yes, ho hopefully they're good. Trying to fit the right hyperparameters and stuff with it. And obviously, yeah, going to release it when I'm satisfied, but hopefully within the next few days at least. That's awesome. But yeah, for the details specifically, though, the main difference in terms of architecture seems to be it uses GQA which is grouped query attention and without get, getting into like super technical details, Llama 2, 70 billion parameters, it uses this. And while the Llama, Llama 2, 7 billion and 13 billion parameters, they use, I think it's either M multi-headed query, multi query or, or multi-query attention. Yum, do you remember which one? Is it MQA or MHA? Yeah, the, the big one is the one with the merge heads. The multi-query, I think, is a big one. Is the yeah, yeah. yeah, to save the uh, to save memory. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, or like, yeah, multi-query using the smaller models. But long story. I just want to. Oh, sorry, sorry. Use. I just want to shout out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Guillermo, Guillermo is in the audience. Uh, Chief scientist of Mistral. If you want to come up, you're welcome to. Because we're talking about how important your model is to open source. Luigi, please go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it uses GQA from what I remember. And that should speed up training and things like that and just allow you to have the model trained more within the same amount of training time. And there's a little bit of a few other changes that I spoke with Timothy about, one of the founders. And he said, for the most part, it's GQA and sliding attention during training. That is like the main differences between that and Llama. And beyond that, everything else can pretty much just be ported over to the existing ecosystem that is already using Llama. And I think from what I've seen, this model is better than pretty much all of like these soda new base models that we've seen, like like Zwin, InternLM, Quen, Baichan. So I mean, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up Mistral, and I think it's just by, a clear option. By far better. It's not a little bit better. It is by far better. It is an incredible model. Do we know uh, the complex length of that? Could you guys speak of the complex length, uh, whether or not Yarn can extend this to further? I think. I think it can. I think it uses rope. If if the Mistral team person can come up here and maybe confirm that. But as long as it uses rope, then could pretty much guarantee that we could yarn it. Yeah. So by the way, I'm I'm really excited about this coming fine tune because I've been following LDG's work on that and the data set for Capybara is very different from all the other top performing uh, data sets. Like it, it's just it's just built different. <laughs> and uh, the benchmarks were just a surprise because when it was being done, it wasn't being really optimized for benchmarks at all. It was being more optimized for multi-turn conversation and how it covered different subjects. So it was all the statistics and all the stuff behind the subjects. So yeah, it's a very different data set and it happened to perform very well on on benchmarks. So I really can't wait to see how this, this thing that's in the oven turns out. And uh, yeah, and I, I found it to be very good as a bot I could actually use and like have a back and forth conversation with. And this was a very early half-baked copy mid-training of Llama V2. Nistan, can it run on a Raspberry Pi yet? Have you made it run on like something very, very <laughs> with low inference speed or not? And when are you going to? Well, actually, Nistin, you should talk about the CD that you said it was barely able to fit in. Yes. Yeah, that, there might that might be a whole other announcement and release coming in, but give us a hint. Give okay, a hint, I'll yeah. let people I'll let people know here. I, I made a Linux distro, everyone. I'm just trying to make it so that it's just 
plug and play and you just use it and it's been you're pretty sorry, rough so you uh, made a what sorry is it what <laughs> like i just that was my teenage dream to have my own linux distribution and uh, yeah and that's what i used i used apologies capybara as the conversational back and forth but there's a lot of work to actually have it all work smooth and do the stuff i wanted to do so uh, yeah that's not quite that's not ready for release for at least another week i'd say being optimistic but yeah i, I use this data set with this model which like mr is also being trained on now so i might try that and it was good for continuing conversation. And I honestly think that the the new way of not really training for benchmarks, but training for multi-turn data is like the way to go. Absolutely agree. And this time, when you have something to show us, you know where to where to you know where to announce this. Other people we usually they announce and then we call them to Thursday I. But this is the stage. So folks tune in to Thursday I to hear anything. And this talked about the ISO, I think a couple of weeks ago or, or a week ago. Again, time means nothing at this point. But I think with that, we've covered all the major news about AI from the past week. All the major, major ones. There has been so, so much more, right? Everything happens all at once. But I think we've covered all of it, guys, and I'm very proud of us because usually we rush, 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 rush to talk to somebody at length in depth. So again, I'll invite everybody in the audience who knows a thing or two, Guillaume and some other folks, if you want to come up and talk about some stuff that you did, uh, we usually do the first hour updates and the second hour uh, deep dives. This time we didn't have a deep dive. We didn't have space for a deep dive because there's like so much happening. So a brief recap of what we've talked about, just briefly, because as we were closing down, we've talked about the incredible Monday that we've had from OpenAI releasing a GPT-4 vision for us and then also made it speak with you so you could actually uh, converse in natural voice. We discovered this week that OpenAI has trained a model on voice that can actually clone your voice and then talk back at you with the voice that you know of yourself. And we know this because Spotify released a product based on that hidden capability of OpenAI that nobody knew about before, which takes a podcast and translate it to a different language in the speaker's voice, which I find incredible. We've talked about in just the vision department. We're staying in the vision department. Meta integrating segment anything model, which is incredible. We all talked about this multiple times into actual multimodal types of glasses that they have where you have a camera on your face and the segment anything is built in there. Um, in the big company and API updates area, which we love to cover. We've talked about OpenAI a lot. We've covered uh, Cloudflare AI, that now Cloudflare will offer you a GPU inference on their ecosystem. It's going to be closer to the users and many, many good things from there. If you're interested in a full conversation about this, I had an hour, me and Nista, I think some other folks were there, maybe Arthur will be there as well, to, to, to talk about Cloudflare AI at length. We've talked about Cloudflare announcing a vector DB called Vectorize, and it's going to be integrated with those tools as well. And they announced another thing, which is AI monitoring, caching, and fallback proxy, where you can proxy your request to OpenAI or to Meta or everywhere. And will just like allow you to cache, monitor, and also fall back to a different model if OpenAI is down, which I found incredible. Uh, we also talked about their integration with partnership with Hugging Face, where any new model like uh, Mistral or Quen or whatever, let's say you want to try it right now. You have to download this. You have to run uh, Conda. Or it looks like we dropped Peter, but uh, he probably is a busy CEO. Um, you have to like install an environment. You have to download the weights. And now with one click, you'd be able to put it in your cloud and Cloudflare with the integration of Hugging Face, which we're very excited for. 
we didn't mention, but let's mention in passing that Claude, oh, by the way, Claude announced a $4 billion investment, not from Google, who previously supported Anthropic, but a very interesting turn of events. Amazon is stepping in and announces like a $4 billion investment into Anthropic. So Anthropic is coming up in terms of like, hey, we need to compete here and scale and do, do other things. And Amazon suddenly like, hey, we need to not lose this thread. And then we've talked about Meta. Meta had a whole field day of AI stuff to release to us. They are going to integrate an AI assistant into WhatsApp, Instagram, Messenger. They're going to give us celebrity bots that are based on celebrity kind of personalities, maybe with their voice. They call this embodiment, which is very interesting because the labs agreed to be cloned, basically. That was a very interesting development from Meta. And this is going to put AI in the hands of your mom and, and your grandma. And if, if they're still around, and my mom will definitely start telling me like, hey, I've talked to this AI thing. This is this and this said that. Not only did Meta announce that they're going to put AI in the hands of everybody who uses all the three plus billion people who use their platform, not only does this require insane scale in inference, which is impressive, they also announced a new uh, a diffusion model, an AI art model that called EMU and looks very impressive. And it's going to live in Messenger and WhatsApp with a slash command. You, you will type imagine as you're used to in MidJourney if you use MidJourney. I wonder what MidJourney people think right now. Yesterday, was, last week was DALI 3 and this week Meta just announced, hey, this technology is now at the hands of everyone. So we'll see what comes out from the journey. But Meta also announced this EMU model, diffusion model. While we still wait for DALI 3, I still haven't gotten access to any of the stuff that we've talked about from OpenAI. And then we turn our attention to our favorite corner with the best people around about the open source LLMs. And we've talked about how, Yam, you basically said, I, I want to just like cover this really quick. <laughs> Staying up to date on the cutting edge of this technology is fun for us because we're into this. It's fun for me because I get to talk to you guys. I get to get Yam and different people. I think Zhang from uh, Quen team follows Yam and maybe is going to join us so we can go deep. However, for the regular user, or even the irregular user, the one who uses open source models, it's not recommended to follow every new trend because you just lose it. Because next week, you're going to get a sliver better performance on several things. Choose the one model that is easier for you to work with. And I think, Jan, what you said connects with what the CloudFair and Hagen Place announcement did because it's going to be very easy to re-implement the open source models into your products. And I think we're just going towards a very, very good direction here. And so we've covered two models, Quen 14B, which we've covered from before from Alibaba, releasing Quen 14B, Quen 14B Chat, and Quen 14B VL, which we've got vision from OpenAI, and it's beautiful and incredible, and I hope everybody will get to use this. But again, it's on their service. Quen VL is the vision model that I personally think is the best open source one. And somebody, Luigi, do you have a comment on this? Yeah, by the way, I can't. For some reason, the hand raising hand thing is not showing up on desktop, so that's why I'm waving the hand. I hear you. So the Quen, there's not actually a Quen 14B VL. <gasps> there's only the so the vision is actually only for the seven. No. really? So they they never released a 14. Yeah, and so I'm actually talking with some people right now and news to like maybe make a a 14B version of it. But like at this point, since since Mistral 7B is like possibly even just better than Quen 14B. If we're going to make any model multimodal, we might as well make maybe Mistral 7B multimodal. Ooh, okay. 
Thank you for correcting me. And okay, so so they removed Gwen 7B and 7BVL from the internet a while ago, and so now they gave us 14B, 14B chat, and they brought back VL. I think this is what we're now saying. And uh, shout out to everybody Mm -hmm. who works on multimodal models because we love multimodality, and everybody should get around multimodality. Thank you, Luigi. And then we turn the attention to Mistral. The three guys, one of them is which in the audience. What's up? Everybody follow Guillaume and uh, Guillaume, I think is how to pronounce this. And we saw from this GOAT team a dropping of a magnet link, a torrent link, without any explanation. And then everybody started downloading this. And it turned out to be one of the best, if not the best currently, 7B model that we currently have. And many, many fine tuners, including some on stage here, are very excited because this is just the start. Usually this release, this type of release, like it was with Lama 2, is just the start of the continued training. And so keep joining Thursday I for more news about this. And I think this is all we covered. It was a very busy week, folks. If you stayed up to date, kudos to you. And if you didn't, this is why we're here. We're staying up to date, so you don't have to. We talked with many, many people. We've had folks from Cloud4 yesterday, Hugginface yesterday. Uh, today we have folks from Mistral. We have folks from News Research, Hugginface. And uh, we're bringing you the news in such a way where like, it's positive, it's genuine, it's nice and exciting. And hopefully, if you connect with this format, you'll visit us next week again. If you missed any part of this conversation, this will get released as a podcast on thursdayi.news. You can follow my bio for more if you want to follow this. And I want to just shout out that this would be very boring if it was just me talking. So I'm very happy that I'm joined by like, very experts in the field. Yam, Nistan, Arthur, LDJ, and some other folks in the audience actually as well joined us from time to time. And with that, I want to just close out because we're coming up on two hours and I also need to go and edit this so you'll be able to read this. And this is Thursday I. So usually what happens is we discover, we, we cover everything and then it keeps happening the same day. So like more news will follow today. But for now, I thank you all for your time. It's been great to deliver you this news. It's been one of the best podcast episodes ever because it's been one of the best weeks ever. Not to mention we had a one hour yesterday with Cloudflare. And so I will go take a brief rest, uh, reorganize and start editing the newsletter. And then we'll see you here next week. Thank you everyone for joining and uh, have a good uh, rest of your weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye.